We're glad that you're here with us this morning. I'm Tyler. I'm one of the pastors here. If I haven't met you yet, I'd love to meet you after the service for our church and looking at what's called the Christ hymn, Colossians 1, 15 to 20. And this morning, uh, Chris will be bringing the word, focusing on verse 17. And so uh, if you would like to, you can turn your Bibles to Colossians 1, um, 15 to 20, or just listen while I read. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. This is God's word, and it's given for our good. It's good to be here. It's good to see all of you. It's good to see Lauren alive. I almost ran into him last night on the road as I was coming back from the airport picking up Hannah. True story, right? I actually hawked my horn at him. Just, to, you know, to get his attention in case the vehicle didn't stop in time. So during this Christmas season, Christians traditionally look at Jesus' birth and ask, what does this mean? We look at God come in the flesh at the incarnation and ask, what happened? What is Christmas all about? That's why for Advent this year, we're looking intently at Paul's lofty description of Jesus in Colossians 1, 15 to 20. We're moving slowly through this passage to look at who Jesus is and what it means for us. Today's passage tells us that the baby born in the manger is the God that sustains all things. Let me read the verse for us. And a quick shout out to Greg, who assigned me 13 words to build a sermon out of. Super appreciated, friend. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So as we look at this verse, we're going to consider two things. Sustaining all things and holding all things together. Sustaining and holding together. Let's pray. God, may we know and understand you more. God, thank you that you are not a God who is far away, but one who is near us. God, thank you that you desire for us to know you and for us to experience you. God, may we do that better. God, give us wisdom to understand and ears to hear and a heart of compassion. In your name I would pray. Amen. So first, the sustainer. Paul tells us that in him all things hold together. And in other words, Jesus sustains all of his creation. And here's the key for this first point, moment by moment. So a lot of people throughout history, and I think probably a lot of uh, people who identify as Christian in the United States today, think of God as a clockmaker. Uh, about 15 years ago, I bought this really cool kinetic watch. Maybe you've seen a commercial for one on TV, but you strap the watch on, it doesn't have a battery. It just it has this backing that moves as you move your wrist. 
And as the back of it moves around in a circle, it powers the watch. And the watch will only keep going for maybe 12 or 15 hours after you take it off. But as soon as you put it on again and start moving, the gears start turning again. It's really incredible. And I can only imagine the man or woman or team who thought of that and the engineering required of these tiny, tiny little parts that as soon as you put the watch on, it just sort of jump starts itself. Sometimes I think we picture God as a clockmaker. And we think that God made this clock and like it's either wound up or it just with very, very little effort, it keeps moving. And we think, wow, that's an amazing clock. And God did such a good job with the clock that it works. And so God doesn't really need to do much with it now because he made such a great clock. The word for this theology is called deism. And actually, a lot of our founding fathers of the United States consider themselves to be deists. They thought that God made this clock. He wound it up. And now it was far from his attention. But this is not at all the biblical picture of who God is. God made everything, and he also sustains everything moment by moment. If God, for just one second, were to remove his power from sustaining the world, it would fall apart. If God did not continue to sustain his creation, you would instantly stop breathing and die and disintegrate into nothing. For those of you who like comic book movies, you know, I've seen Avengers Infinity War. You sort of know what it looks like for half the universe to stop working and disintegrate into nothing. But God is not this clockmaker creating, setting in motion, and watching from a distance. God continues to sustain and uphold everything he's made. And I'm pretty sure that's utterly unlike how most people think of God. And I have to confess that sometimes... I feel that way about God. When I pray and I feel like nothing is happening, or when I feel like life is falling apart or life is out of control, it's easy to think of God as remote or far away or disinterested. But he's not. He promises that he's here with us right now. A lot of us, we think God is up there and he's holy, but he's not really interested in my day-to-day. He's got better things to do. And so we approach God from afar because we think that's how he approaches us. When we think of God as remote or we think that he's not really interested in what we're doing, it's hard for us to really feel his presence. We say, well, maybe if he's interested, he's not totally involved, or maybe he's only interested like between more interesting topics. Maybe he's only interested like, you know, during God's equivalent of a commercial break. You can't really count on God to be there for you because he's not paying attention. Have you ever felt like prayer is sort of hit or miss? Sometimes he answers and sometimes he doesn't and it's hard to tell why. And the incorrect conclusion is to think that God is only paying attention sometimes. But that's not the God who sustains. The biblical God, the God that the Bible tells us of, the true God is so actively involved in everything that happens here that things would fall apart if he was not. So how should we relate to a God who actively sustains all things? Should we go about our lives as if God doesn't influence how we live? Should we expect that God doesn't care about the decisions we make on a daily basis? Should we expect that God only cares about the big picture things, but not about the little things? You know, those he's he's not too interested in. No. 
we should know that God cares deeply about every thought, every word, every deed, every moment of our lives. And if that sounds overwhelming, because it does to me sometimes too, to think that God has a front page, a front row seat to every narration that happens in my mind, every conversation that I have with another person, every thought that I'm having when I'm falling asleep or waking up, every conversation I have when my kids are bickering with each other and I just want to it seems overwhelming. But we got to figure that out because that's the God that we have. He is there with us all the time. Second, because God is so involved in everything moment by moment, that means that God is constantly caring for you. We're not alone in this world and we don't have to figure it out on our own. We have access to a God who every moment is with you. You can talk to him right now and he'll listen. You can ask for guidance, for guidance right now and he'll guide you. The hardest part about God speaking to us isn't that God isn't loud enough for us to hear. It's that we are often not sensitive enough to hear. And you can know that every little thing that happens to you, and every big thing too, every careless word that's spoken to you, every slight or action against you, God knows about it. And some of us totally feel like, you know what, God, I know I'm not in control. You don't have to convince me of that. But even people who seem to have things under control, they couldn't exist a moment longer either without God sustaining them. We all need God's power and depend on it whether we realize it or not. God is our infinite power source, and he provides all the power we need to transform our lives. God is not remote. He is a personal God who loves you and desires to have a relationship with you. And that is an utterly unique belief in world history. Every other religion either believes that God is too high and transcendent to have a relationship with, meaning that he's so holy that he wouldn't possibly want to be involved with your day-to-day. Or they believe that God is totally accessible, but he's not really that holy. Like, you can go talk to him because he's not that different from you. We see this in many of the ancient religions. But the God of the Bible is utterly holy, utterly transcendent, utterly involved with the smallest details of our lives. The Bible tells us that Jesus knows every hair that falls from our head. So God is the sustainer. Second, God, in him, all things hold together. Now you might think, isn't that the same thing that you just said? Well, let me explain what I mean. So there's also this existential way that all things hold together in Jesus. Jesus literally makes sense of our every longing and desire. So yes, Jesus literally holds all the things together in a material and physical sense. But you're more than just atoms and molecules. You're more than just chemical reactions in your brain. Our lives are more than just dealing with physical things. Our lives are about finding meaning and purpose in this world. And Jesus holds those things together too. So J.R.R. Tolkien uh, wrote that every fantasy story, or every fairy story, as he would call them, contains strings from Christianity. So here's some examples. We long, as a people, as a species, we long to be outside of time and escape the present world. We long to escape death. 
We long to commune with non-human beings that we sense are more transcendent or higher than we are. We long to find a perfect love from which we can never part. We long to triumph over evil. Now, that's just about every movie plot line ever made. has one of those five things in it, right? And the reason that that's entertaining to us is because there's part of all of us that wants those things. We sense that there's a meaning and beauty and transcendence that are real. Now, our society might tell us that these things aren't real, that there isn't anything beyond what we can see, but there is meaning. There is beauty and goodness and love that are real and true and more than just chemical reactions that happen in our brain. We all want to see justice and love. Even if our definition of them is skewed, we all want to be loved and feel secure in some way. And this isn't chance or randomness. There are things that are worth dying for, and there are things that are worth living for. Why do we all see these things and want them? Because we're all made in God's image. When God made us in his image, it's like he left his fingerprint right in our DNA. We all have this commonality together. We're like him, and there are things that matter universally. N.T. Wright puts it this way. Just about everyone has this sense that things are just not right in the world, that humans are at fault, and that we should do something about it. So why do we feel this way? Because we all have this unfulfilled part of us that longs for meaning and justice and purpose. So how do we fill it? Well, Jesus is the fulfillment of our quest for meaning and purpose. Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promises. All things are holding together in him. Jesus gives us meaning. I guarantee today that there is something that each one of you are longing for. There's a story to your life. And you can look back on what drives you, maybe what has always driven you, and you can see the thread that looks through it. You have a deep longing. And I promise you, in Jesus, all of these things hold together. As a matter of fact, only in Jesus, all of these things hold together. Jesus makes sense of your story in a way that no other story does. And as long as you keep looking for answers somewhere else, you're not going to find the resolution that you're looking for. You're always going to be searching and waiting, always traveling and never arriving. Your heart was made for Jesus. And if you allow him to, he'll make sense of your longings and your struggles. So a brief story of the entire Bible. Let's see if I can do it in two minutes, but not more than 40. So the story of the Bible is that God made a good world and God made people in his image to love. But instead of loving our God, we decided we wanted to be in charge and we traded our relationship with God for the ability to make our own decisions, even if that meant making bad ones. And we did make bad ones. And from the earliest, from the earliest pages of the Bible, God promised I will send a rescuer. I will not abandon you. And so we waited for a good king who would be perfectly moral, a flawless king who would bring peace and justice, a wise king who would rule for our good, a king who could forgive us, a king who could heal us. 
But every king that we got through the Old Testament wasn't good enough, and things only got worse. We continued to rebel. We continued to lose hope. And we were exiled, and we were wandering in a world that doesn't feel like home. But we knew that we were made for a home that would last. And then one day, here comes Jesus, and he says, I'm a king. And he healed the sick, and he gave sight to the blind. He cured the leper. And he fed the hungry, and he cast out demons. And we expected him to ride in on a horse and conquer the political rulers. But instead, he rides in on a donkey. And he lets the religious authorities kill him. And we thought that all hope was lost. We thought that darkness had won. But the following Sunday, the greatest, most unbelievable miracle occurs. Jesus conquers death by being raised from the dead himself. Why? So that he could forgive you. So that he could heal you. So that he could reverse the ages of rebellion and suffering that we had caused. This is the story that makes sense of your life. Why are you longing? What are you seeking? Why do you think that there is more? It's because it's true. If you think that you're just longing or seeking or searching for meaning but not for Jesus, you'll never make sense of your life. Things will not hold together. But if you find yourself in the story of Jesus, they will. All things hold together in him. Let's pray. God, we love you and we desire to know you. God, give us wisdom to understand your true self. God, give us wisdom to cut through the lies that we tell ourselves and clearly see you. God, may we not deceive ourselves or be ignorant, but may we seek to follow you in all that we do. God, I would pray against the powers that keep us from you. God, I would pray against the idol of self-assurance. God, I would pray against the idols we have like money or power. God, may we humble ourselves before you to understand you more. God, teach us so that our story can be interwoven with yours. God, may we not live for ourselves or what we want. God, but may we trust you. May we trust your word to tell us what is right. God, may we believe that you gave us the Bible for our good. God, thank you for making us in your image. God, thank you for bestowing on us things like our desire for justice, for mercy, for love. Thank you, God, for the community that we have here that we can share it with. God, may we uphold one another. May we bear patiently with each other. God, thank you for this community. Thank you, God, for the community worldwide who today and every day lifts their hands and exalts you as we should. In your name I would pray. Amen. Please rise for the benediction.
May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Go in peace.